Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know he's been on the show. Uh, we are chatting with Gabriel from Cold Hearted Barbecue. So all one word on Instagram, Cold Hearted BBQ. It, some fantastic stuff that he's putting out there. He always has been. Um, he's been a friend for a long time. I'm super happy to have him back on the podcast uh, to be able to chat some more barbecue. Man, dude, how have you been, buddy? It, it's been a minute since we've since we've caught up on 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 air. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. Actually, you know, I don't I don't use Skype very much. So when I looked at my uh, my iPad, I could still see you as one of my recent calls, and it was from like 2017. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been it's been a while, right? It's been a while, man. I mean, all things considered, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, trying to do what you can every day. You know, we're still in the middle of this pandemic right now. I don't know when people are going to be listening to this, but um, you know, I've been trying to cook when I can, and uh, I've been also been trying to cook for people. So that allows me to, you know, give to others and also. Uh, give me something that I can control and, and, you know, giving back and, and still doing something that I enjoy doing. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you're in Texas, you're, you're, yep. you know, you're in the heart and soul of, of beef country. How, how's your beef prices looking right now? What, what are we looking at? Because like, like I, I've been, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of saying this is there is not a, or there's not a supply chain shortage. Anyone that tells you there's a supply chain shortage is full of shit. Okay. There is a demand chain shortage. And what that means, a lot of people don't understand what that means with supply and demand. Um, the reason that the uh, processing plants can turn the lights on and walk in, right, is that there is a demand for the product that is being taken out of the door right right now with right. restaurants literally working um at 20 percent capacity they're not buying the volumes of, of of cases of meat that they they were normally purchasing correct so there is a uh-huh. demand shortage so they don't mm-hmm. want to turn those lights on so i mean what are you guys looking at well so you know, to be honest, I've been practicing some social distancing, so I haven't been to the store too much. I have, I have been actually the last week or so, and um, it hasn't shown up just yet in terms of the inflated prices that we're all expecting. You know, I was messaging a few people here uh, in the Houston area, and also people from just wherever, restaurant owners and people connected to the industry, and you know, and they're anticipating the the price of like beef briskets like doubling from like three dollars a pound to like six dollars a pound. And that's like for choice and stuff like that. Yeah, no, um, no, yeah, that that's exactly what they're they're estimating. Um, a buddy of mm-hmm. mine actually messaged me today, and he goes, "Chuck roast is hold on, I'm gonna grab my phone <laughs> because I don't want to mess this up." Um, let's see, where, where are we at? So Chuck roast is eight twenty nine a pound by him. Mm-hmm. And ribeye steaks are seven ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You want to explain that? Yeah. I- well, and, and so that would be something, of course, that – well, and, and that's, of course, it depends on where you look at it. And, of course, and I'm – so, um, you know, I live in Houston. The last couple of weeks, I've actually come uh, to my hometown. It's a little bit – it's about an hour south of Houston to come look look after some family. And so, um, you know, our market is a little bit different. You know, there are people who cook briskets every weekend, but – you know, maybe not as many people who are doing catering. And so they're not buying as much. And so the demand is there, but what you're going to see though, is of course, like what we were talking about is the availability of certain cuts because 
as right now the market and consumers are wanting to get stuff that maybe is more economic or things that are like you can buy in bulk like hamburger meat yep. they're not going to ground up ribeyes into hamburger meat you know they're the first things that are going to be are the first things that are going to start to go are the briskets they're going to ground up briskets for that not for, for ribeyes and the same thing too if people are not going to restaurants they're not ordering steaks and so um you know there's some farms around texas that are not slaughtering you know yep. right now um and, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I don't pretend to be this insider, you know, I, I'm friends with a lot of people that have restaurants and I frequent them as much as I can, but I'm not a business major and I certainly don't work in the restaurant industry, but it's going to be curious to see at each level where changes we start. You know, I've even added over the last like couple of days, I've, you know, I've joined a few Facebook groups where people are advocating for a little bit more, um, producer consumer relationships people being able to buy directly from small ranches or from you know ranches that would normally sell to meat markets and so you know people are advocating for that i think unfortunately too what you're seeing is just like with some other products we've seen in the last couple of weeks and months people are afraid of a shortage so they're kind of stocking up on stuff which can you know create a false sense in the market of like what's available and then of course people are willing to buy more or hoard more. And so that can adjust prices at different times. Um, but I would say at the moment, I, there's nothing too, um, nothing that's really disrupted what I'm trying to do, except for just the, the, the stores that I'm going to, like, you know, where I grew up, like they didn't sell tri-tips. They don't sell, um, now I think because barbecue has gotten more popular commercially, you know, they're selling a lot more of the beef dino ribs. You can walk up to a cooler and, and get some of those. I remember me and you talked a while back and you yeah. had to ask the butcher to go in the freezer and get those. Now you can, you know, you can find those there just right there in the market, in the, in the aisle. So some of those cuts are not as available and I'm finding, you know, that might be indicative of what we're experiencing. That could just be because it was, you know, Mother's Day this past weekend and people hit it up early. Um, but I, I do see there's less selection right now. And of course, um, specifically here, like, you know, in Texas, like HEB is one of the bigger markets. Um, they are limiting, you know, how many products you can buy. So what I've noticed is like skirt steak in, for, in particular, like every package I've seen has been really small. And even then, like, it's like maybe a half a pound and they're limiting you to how much you can buy. Whereas, you know, in this region, in this part of Texas, you know, fajitas are a huge thing. And so people are used to buying skirt steaks and, um, inside outside skirts all the time. And so it's kind of weird to see that be so restricted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're getting the um, you can purchase you know one one beef product, you can purchase one one pork product, you can purchase one one chicken product. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't purchase mm -hmm. numerous ones of them, which for people who um, people who who do things like I do that that are a smaller catering company. Um, mm -hmm. it, it makes it a little bit more difficult because we don't use a lot of big suppliers. A lot of us don't use, um, you know, our U S foods or, or, um, Cisco. Why? Because mm -hmm. they're, unfortunately they're, they're at a level that they want to put too many cases out on us. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm -hmm. you just can't, you're, you if you're not going through enough product, especially right now, we're not going through enough product to where it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and um, Daniel Vaughn, uh, you know, we're here in the beginning of May. Daniel Vaughn put out a pretty good article in Texas Monthly the other day about just, you know, kind of the current state of the meat market. And he consulted with a few uh, you know, proprietors at different levels. And of course, it just depends on which phase of it you're looking at, whether it's the feedlots, whether it's ranchers not being able to slaughter, what's the, you know, whether it's the demand. I would say, um, you know, not to put like a silver lining on all this because, you know, I, I'm not some like overly positive Pollyanna guy all the time. But, you know, I think what you're already starting to see is that uh, business owners are starting to be creative um, or they're um, tapping into some of those creative, you know, vibes and saying, OK, like, what can we put out for our customers? And and they're actually even being real with people and saying like, hey, like, you know, we're going to try something new. And you know, it may not be what you're used to, but if you come try something new with us, you're also helping us stay afloat or you're helping exactly, us, yeah. you know, you're helping us stay open to where maybe one day we can get back to what we're doing. So I think it's, you know, putting a more human face on, you know, some of the things that we're experiencing, which again, going back to being in Texas, I think that's something that I've been pretty 
grateful for is being able to get to know the people behind the restaurants for the last couple of years. And so, um, you know, equally, that's why it's been so tough during this time to know that, you know, people, some of their stories and how much they've invested. And of course, you know, even for you, for your listeners, you know, people who have tracked your journey, you know, I still remember before you were, you know, before you were full-time in the food world. So, you know, I can, I know your story, part of your story and what it meant and what it take for you to get here. And, you know, of course me, just like everyone else is, is rooting like hell for y'all to be able to continue to hold on to what y'all worked so hard for. Yeah. And I mean, so are we. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think one of the things that, um, one of the things that we're all trying to do is we are trying to do like kind of, you know, pivot, you know, make, make, make moves to, to make sure that we can all stay afloat and survive. Um, and I, I do think one of the cool things would be the, um, you know, going straight to the farm, being able to purchase straight from, from the farm. The, the Mm -hmm. hard thing on that is the hard thing on that end is a lot of farms aren't set up for the butcher part of it. Right. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where it gets tricky is they're not set up for the butcher part of it. They're not set up to, um, they're not set up to, to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's why a lot of people are like, oh, well, I want to buy this from, you know, I want to buy a pig or I want to buy, I want to buy a half cow or a quarter cow. And then it's like, okay, cool. What cuts do I get? Like, cause they don't yeah. know, know what cuts come from where. And then the other hard thing is like, besides like, what cuts do I get? Um, do, do they butcher it for me? No, most times, yeah. most times you buy it from a farmer and then you take it to a butcher shop. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of, a lot of my friends who are trying to do that, they're, they're reaching out to butcher shops that are, are known for doing that. And those butcher shops are basically being like, dude, we're backed up for weeks. Yeah. Cause we can't, they yeah. just, they're not, they're not meant to handle, handle that. Right. They're just mm-hmm. not, they're not meant to handle the, um, the, the volume that, that, that they're not used to. You know what I mean? They have two guys that probably Absolutely. do it instead of having, you know, a packing plant has 50 guys that are cutting out briskets. You know what I mean? And cutting, you know, chopping, chopping all the other stuff out and whatever and moving that out. The other thing is after you get out of the primal cuts, dude, there's a shit ton of ground beef, right? There's a ton Mm -hmm. of stuff that gets ground for ground beef. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what's going to, that's, what's going to be a little bit difficult is the farms are not going to know what to do with all the ground beef. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have people come over and say, Hey, I want 15 steaks. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And they're going to be like, cool. Well, you know, here's the rest of the ground beef. And they're going to be like, I don't want all that. A lot of yeah, you know, and, and, and absolutely. And, it, and on, at, at almost every level of this, it, it's the same story. It's like, you know, we live our lives in so many routines and so many patterns that to us, you know, are so instinct, but they didn't happen overnight. And so now here we are trying to figure out how to make some new patterns really t- yeah, it's some new patterns and some tangible movements quickly, but these systems have been in place. And of course, there's in some of these systems, you know, there's people that benefit from them. And so if they're not going to go down without a fight, you know, making sure these things don't change too much in the moment yep. and, and not come back to what, you know, they're used to having before. So again, and I don't, again, like I said, you know, I don't, I don't pretend to have all the information from either sides and, you know, and things like that. But I, what I guess, you know, again, the idea too, is that like, you know, I appreciate people trying to find new methods and, and this is something that I think hopefully is a continued conversation, even hopefully when we get back to normally, I, you know, I've, as I've gotten to know more and more ranchers and, you know, of course get more information about what goes into it. I think that there should always be a continued focus on sustainable farming and renewable resources. And, you know, people just, you know, overall, like, you know, just knowing what you're putting into your body and of course, you know, noticing and knowing, you know, where that comes from and, you know, knowing the people behind it and being able to support people that have, you know, this is their life. This is their livelihood. And I mean, and then there's the, the, the big part of it is um, when you're buying directly from a rancher, they're making more money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? They're they're making more money, and I know some people are like, well, you know, it's the system or whatever. Yeah, but that rancher does a, their damnedest, you know, to have this amazing product for you, right? And then right. you just you don't really know him because mm -hmm. you don't you know what I mean? Like when you're buying it from the store. You have no idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 I think the truth can be said that and I think maybe that's hopefully hopefully something that maybe can come out of this situation is that hopefully, we start yeah. to we start to know a little bit of the people behind each process. You know, we start to know a little bit more about our doctors. We start to know a little bit more about our nurses. You know, uh, you know, for all the parents right now who are homeschooling, hopefully they have a better understanding of what some of the teachers are doing in their school and what they're having to navigate, you know, because, you, you know, know what I did see the other day, um, I think it was, what, what was that? on Facebook or something like that, where um, a parent was like, they kind of uh, posted it where it was like, you know, I'm really sorry. I thought you had, uh, I thought you were the problem. Clearly I figured it out. I was wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like basically being like, yeah, my kid's the issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and it's, and, and again too, you know, and I, um, you know, again, I don't try to rush through the crap. I don't try to rush through all the difficulty to try to find the meaning or the silver lining, but it's like, you know, maybe that can be a goal that we can get to. And again, and, and how that applies to like barbecue and stuff like that, because you know, um, in my day job, you know, this is something that I discuss with people a lot. And I said, you know, when this thing started to happen, I said, you know, this is going to be a really difficult situation. And of course, none of us know exactly what to do because we've never been through it. But yeah. the one, one of the unique things about this is that we're all going through it together. So, you know, there's, there's not FOMO, like, you know, the first couple of weeks, no one else is going out. So you're not missing anything. Um, and if you want to reach out to someone and say, Hey, I'm sick of tired of being home or like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm hearing things on the news. The majority of people are going to be able to relate to it. And, you know, that's not something that I think has always been on the forefront of what we've experienced. You know, there's always, and even now, you know, everyone's having different experiences with it, but I think, you know, it's, it's definitely unprecedented that this is something that we're all kind of experiencing on a lot of the same levels. And so, you know, hopefully that's something that can actually just reinforce some things going forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think there's going to be a very big change. Um, and I think there needs to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there definitely needs to be. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, me and my fellow restaurant tours and restaurant friends make it out of this. Um, Illinois being the state that we're in um, is not making it easy for us, especially mm -hmm. being by Chicago. Um, they're really, really trying to make sure that, um, you know, it doesn't get out of hand. And I understand that, but at the sure. same time, like, dude, you're going to bankrupt more people than this damn thing's going to kill. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to say that with, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive on that side, on that side of it. Uh, but you know, there, there's people that are closing their restaurants that have had them for 50 years. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and just think of the impact that that has on somebody. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you closing a family business. I, I'm really terrified to see where suicide is going to go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the suicide numbers from this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of males have um, a lot of pride in taking care of their family. It, it's a mm -hmm. big thing for us. And, and whether you want to say like, that's, you know, whatever sexist, dude, it, it's just what it is. It's kind of ingrained <laughs> in the male. Like it's in our DNA, right? It was like, take care of your family. It's just what you do. Um, and uh, it, it's one of those things where like, I, I'm terrified to see what happens. I really am. Mm -hmm. Because there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of women and there's a lot of male, guys out there that don't know that they're going to get their, you know, get another paycheck or get, get any kind of money coming in and they're going to be able to pay any kind of bill, yeah. let alone put food yeah. on their kids' plates. Shit. Like it ain't the kid's fault. Right. And then they have no, to it, deal it, with it, the new math system. Come on. We can't fucking <laughs> deal with that. No, it's, and it's, it's, this is a complex trauma in a sense that it is, um, 
as you you know again you know i i think that of course there's you can say males or you know females yeah. you know what they're why we're all engineered for survival you know we're all have it ingrained in us to you know to keep living and so right now you're right we're facing uh people are trying to fight for their economic survival people are trying to fight for their literal survival with health you know because it's a virus that we can't see um and, you know and even like today i was reading that like in austin which is a couple hours away from houston like you know another restaurant has closed permanently and a lot of and even specifically yeah they are and, and and of course even you know specifically with this one you know this is like the third restaurant in austin that had a lot of history to it and so as these things are starting to close what we're noticing and what we will find as things start to open is that there will be a cultural shift in terms of places that people felt comfortable going or people identified with that maybe they took for granted or maybe they didn't even take for granted but when they come out of this to the new normal or whatever life looks like, they're going to find that parts of their identity and parts of the thing they did to self-care are going to be gone. And so there's going to be not only the grief process from what we've been through, but there will, of course, be the adjustment process that, you know, will have more growing pains. And, you know, one of the biggest issues, you know, one of the greatest seats of creativity is vulnerability. But, you know, vulnerability is a very tough thing because it has uncertainty. And depending on who you are, how you're wired, what you've been through, we all deal with it differently. And so it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, there's just going to be a, a, how that comes out is going to be, it's going to come out a lot of different ways. And unfortunately, like, yeah, like you said, for some people, it's, it's going to be pretty devastating. Um, but I think the more and more we can have conversations about what to expect going forward and maybe how to support one another going, you know, onward is the best that we can do. And that's what I've been, you know, trying to advocate as much as I can. Cause you know, you know, I'll be honest, like, you know, when this started happening a couple you know, months ago, you know, I was in the same boat. I said, you know, Hey, I, I want to go out and I want to support people, but Hey, also I want to take some of these concerns. Um, you know, I want to take some of these concerns legitimately. So I'm not trying to go out every time or leave the house every day. So, you know, you do what you can. You order takeout when you feel safe or order gift cards, you know, order merch, order seasonings from people. You know, there's plenty of ways of of supporting people. Like I've even, you know, I've, I've tried to buy gift cards and, you know, if I can give those to other people or if I, if I can just buy a gift card and, you know, if I choose to cash it in or not, you know, it's just a way of me trying to show support. But it's also a way for me to stay connected to what I find valuable in terms of helping other people, there which was a, is good for. I was going to uh, interrupt you just for a second. There was a very interesting yeah. article that I actually read um, for a restaurant. It's a restaurant magazine that I I, I get, um, and and it's not really a magazine. It's all via email now. But um, mm -hmm. they were talking about gift cards, right? Gift cards yeah. are fantastic, guys. If you can support somebody with a gift card, that's great. But when this shit reopens, don't go right out and use your gift card. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, give them a couple months, know. right? Mm -hmm. To to kind of yeah, get I, back on their feet. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like, if we talk to any business owner right now, they'll say, please buy a gift card. But yeah, I think that's an important for you to say because, like, you know, that's money that, you know, they're getting right now. But they, yeah. if you if you if you spend it right away, that's product that they're going to have to cover the cost later. And so, right, if they're opening right back up, you know, listen, I'm not going to tell anybody how to spend their money, of course. But if you are in the opportunity or if you are in the capacity to buy a, you know, a gift card and, and wait a little bit longer, then definitely take that into consideration. You know, yeah, yeah, a, that, that could that, be a way to continue supporting someone. No, yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, I know, like that when i read that i was like man i didn't even think about it that way you know mm -hmm. because it's eventually when you when you reopen and you're like oh okay cool well now you gotta pay you gotta kind of pay back all those gift cards they're kind mm -hmm. of like an interest-free loan that you gotta pay back <laughs> um you know what i mean yeah so yeah. it's definitely definitely an interesting thing yeah yeah absolutely i guess well we, we've never dealt with it before and so um i and i think it's actually again too like you know i feel like man i don't know what's going on i feel like i'm overly positive tonight or something i don't know I, who this guy I like is. it i but, like it i like it in um, a world of negativity that we live in right now i like the positivity 
Yeah. Well, I like I'm always it. joking around with my I'm always joking around with my clients about that. I swear I'm not this overly positive guy, but I think I end up being more of that than I did. It's funny too. People are always like, well, "I thought you're cold hearted." And I was like, "That's not what it means." I was like, "That's not what it means." Yeah. Cold hearted is about it's about loving barbecue. It's about it being in my heart, not yeah. me being cold to other people. But um, but no, I, I think that that's also something that I really um, you know, enjoyed is a tough word because I don't think we're enjoying any part of this. Well you find gratitude where you can. And so I, I've been really lucky to see so many people that I've known just respond really well to this. Like they're still donating stuff. They're still, um, helping others. And, and that was really something too, that, um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, you know, I, as we and you have talked before, Mikey, like, you know, I don't try to be like this Instagram personality. I don't try to be this guy who's all about just getting followers just for followers sakes. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, just like everyone else, I was trying to figure out like, you know, what's going to happen and um, how do I stay safe, but also how do I help others? And, and so I, through that, you know, I did a giveaway on my page is the first giveaway I ever did. It might be the last one I ever do, but it stemmed from me talking to companies that I'd gotten to know. And, and of course, knowing them beyond their brand, it's just people. And we were just talking about like, Hey, what could we do safely to, help those in need and so that's what that was what my giveaway was like i just said okay like listen you know these companies have been cool enough to say that they want to chip in they'll provide some you know i had some merch from mill scale guys i had texas brush i had some whiskeys from treaty oak i had stargazer cast iron and i just said like listen like the only way you have to enter it like is by showing proof that you're helping out the food industry and small business yeah. you know and, and I was like, and that's all you have to do. And it was so cool to see people like they would DM me and say like, hey, I went and delivered food or I bought food for this people or I picked up some to go or I bought some merch. And and that was even helpful for me, too, because I got to know so many people more through Instagram because, you know, it wasn't just like, hey, you're entered. Great. It was also like, how are you doing? How's it going? Where are you at? How's like? And so it was it was what social media was supposed to be about. It was actually just connecting with folks and, I and mean, actually look at, being able to share things. Look at, look at barbecue in general, dude. It's a very, it's a very, let's, let's bring people together. Right. And, yeah. and that's kind of, I think one of the hardest things right now is like, we can't necessarily bring, um, yeah, bring a ton of people together. Yeah. Yeah. It's not recommended. And so, uh, and you might even get some shit for it if you're the person trying to get that ball going, but, uh, but no, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what barbecue was for me. I mean, barbecue was when you invited people over to your house and in a sense you're inviting them into your world, you know, and offering them something to say, Hey, like, you know, I've been cooking this for a while. And then it was also one of those things where, you know, people were willing to help out. They're like, Hey, you know, I can shove some shovel, some coals, or I can flip some meats, you know, people, weren't too in their heads about what they could or couldn't do. They're like, Hey, how can I help out? Can I bring, you know, people don't want to show up empty handed. And so I think that is why, you know, to me personally, like live fire cooking and barbecuing is, I think it is, you know, something that speaks to us on a very, I think it allows us to practice things that are very ingrained for us and and to participate. And that's why I always said like, you know, I'm from a barbecue culture, you know, because that allows me to do so many things like connection and getting to know people and then also people being able to bring their gifts and their backgrounds to show and to demonstrate through cooking and, and, and demonstrate value and, and connect to other people. Yeah, very true. Very much so. And I, I mean, I think that's, that's the beauty of barbecue, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We don't, absolutely. We don't necessarily judge. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, I, I say we don't necessarily judge because you do get the people that are like, well, Texas style is right. Kansas City style, oh, dude, yeah. man, it's yeah. all it's all barbecue. Um, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I like my I like my certain I like my certain things. Right. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I like my beef very Texas style. I like it very simple. Um, yeah. Nothing crazy. But then when we start getting into pork, you know, I like my ribs, you know. I, I like them Tennessee style, you know, that dry rub. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it just, it, you kind of go a di- couple different ways and you, you adapt and you, and you create all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and well, I, I really hope that culture doesn't die. <laughs> no. And I, and, and I, I think we have the opportunity now to keep it going. You know, even right now, I mean, you having this conversation, whether it's just me and you, you know, I don't, you know, I yeah. don't know who will listen to it or like that, but it's, you know, if there's something that me and you can, talk about and then practice tomorrow or tonight you know that's the best you can do and i'm right there with you you know i 
I, you know, I'm a therapist in my day job. So I, I try to practice non-judgments all the time. And it's something that I try to hold for my clients, but we're human. We have judgments, you know, and that of comes from a lot of different things. But, you know, I've always kind of said for me, it's like, you know, to me, I'm not always interested in whether or not I like something, but it's a much different conversation. Like ask me if I can appreciate something, you know, if, if you're telling me about a flavor profile or a way you cook something, it may not be my style and it may not be something that I really enjoy. But I love those opportunities when I'm able to sit down with someone and say, well, this is how my grandpa did it. Or this is what my dad did. Or, you know, here in Carolina, this is how we did it. And this is comes from this like that. I can get behind all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and that and that's cool with me. And, and of course, like we've said before, like me and you have said, like it, the food will even taste better when you know what went into it. Oh, and, absolutely. And when someone's bringing all of that culture and all that history, they're not going to screw it up. You know, they're, you know, they may not always have the best technique or the best method, but they're going to tend to it. You know, they're going to, they're going to nurture it. And you're going to be able to see that in a lot of different ways if you know what to look for. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that's, you know, that's one of the things like, um, shit, like if you're, if you know what to look for and you know, the story, the background, mm. man, sometimes that food is just on a whole different level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're like, listen, this, this is the way we've done it for X, Y, and Z. And like my grandfather taught me and then, you know, he passed mm. it on to my dad and then he went to, duh, duh, duh. you know what I mean? Then it's like, okay, cool. And it's like, you've been oh, yeah. doing it the same way. It's like, yes, we, we haven't changed anything. It just, it yeah. just, it just, it just tastes different because there's the love and the passion that that's behind it. Yeah. And I think also maybe even specifically with barbecue, I mean, what we know is that time is one of our most valuable resources. And so when you're having someone here who's committing eight, 12, even longer hours of their time, you know, that's significant. And that's something that you can never charge appropriately for. I mean, I think that that's always been the running story. It's like, you know, if you if you had to charge per time, like, you know, how much time went into something no one would ever buy barbecue because so much time goes into it well um, i mean that's why i say it should be a it should be the most expensive food in the world um b it um it it has a heritage right it, it's the it's the u.s i always say it's the you know it's the it's it's the united states culture food it really is our culture food it, it, it's what brings us together and um if you look at, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the U S cuisine, right. And, um, if people really knew what went into it, I mean, like a lot of guys are like, I love eating it. I would never fucking do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a lot, yeah, like, we yeah. have a lot of clients that are like, dude, I love barbecue. Like they're like, it's my favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. They would never get behind a pit. Never. Hmm. Why? What do you, and that's, they don't yeah, want. They don't want to spend the time. No. Yeah. They well, just, like to yeah. them, they're like, it's not worth it to me. They're like, I would rather. And I've had people tell me they're like, I'd rather pay three times your price than do it. Yeah. And I'm no, like, okay. I hear that. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I hear that, and it's and, and even here, you know, of course, you know, Texas being in Houston, of course, too, like you know, Texas having such a big restaurant uh, barbecue scene. You know, you'll find the same thing. People don't want to wait in line for it. And then, but you'll have people that like me, I'll show up before, you know, I'll show up an hour before the line's going to form just because I want to make sure I get everything that I want. And again, it really just depends on where you want to spend your time now. And I'm not over here saying that, you know, my time is less or more important than anyone else's. But like I said, you know, too, I, I know that from experience, like in those barbecue lines, I've gotten to meet other people who are coming from all parts of the world and all parts of the country. And so, you know, I'm able to kind of share exchanges with them about, what brought him for him. I mean, I, I remember one of my favorite moments was um, a couple of months ago. This was actually like late last year. I went over to Micklewaite's over in Austin. And, you know, I, I was actually having to go. I was going to an event later on that night. And so I just stopped off, had a quick lunch, you know, said what's up to Ren, one of the owner pitmasters there. And I sat next to a couple, I think, from like New Mexico or something like that. And they had never had barbacoa before. And so I was like, hey, you know, grab you a bite off of my plate. And like his eyes just like lit up. He was like, man, I'm getting that the next time I'm here. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, Barbacoa. Like it's, you know, 
this shit, real Texas dough, this is some good stuff. And it's like, you know, you if someone was coming to a straight up restaurant, like they may not order it. It's like the fourth thing on the menu. But just having that interaction, you know, that kind of shaped what they found interesting and what they might order the next time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's no joke. And I, and I think, you know, I've said this before too. Like, I think one of the things that has really kept me invested in barbecue is that I'm process oriented, which is why, like, you know, I like tending a fire. I like burning down coals because sure. I definitely want the finished product to come out good and, and I want it to be consistent, but I enjoy so much of the in-between that that's where I get so much of the value and the meaning from. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that you could say it any better than that. Uh, <laughs> we, um, we, you know, the process of, of creating great barbecue is a whole different world than creating anything else, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not, not, I guess not than creating anything else, but... <laughs> You know, when you create great Italian food, you know what I mean? It starts with that pasta, and but, but it starts with making that pasta and making, you know, making all the ingredients by hand. Um, mm-hmm. When you're, you know, when you're creating great seafood, you, you, you start with, usually you're starting with a whole fish and you're butchering it down and you're creating, you know, the fillet, the fillets the way you really want them and all that stuff. And it all, it all, it all takes that hand and same thing with barbecue, man. When you're creating good barbecue, you're you're creating layers of flavor and you're using all these things together, right? So mm-hmm. you get even talking about like a brisket, right? You get a good brisket, you trim it nicely, and that doesn't mean over trimmed or competition trimmed. I mean, a lot of us restaurant guys, we don't over trim our briskets because the more we're trimming, we have to find shit to do with that. And like for yeah. us, we don't do sausage. We don't make our own sausage. So, dude, there's a lot of waste there. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm not doing sausage. Mm -hmm. Because what what are you going to do? So we don't over trim our brisket. We don't go crazy. And, um, you know, it it just, it it is what it is. Yeah. But it takes takes that time, right? Like we were saying, you, you put the rub on it. Then it goes into the smoker. Then, then you're you're feeding wood into your smoker, so you're getting seasoning off that wood. You're getting mm-hmm. good flavor off of it. You're making sure you're rendering your fat properly, and, and you're you're kind of taking care of it. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely a push and you know, uh, you know, giving a take right there because you want to. You're giving it love. It, it's taking it. It, it. There, there's there's a lot of time that goes into it. Yeah. And, and, and again, too, in that it, it's it can it's it's always both and neither at the same time. You know, it is yeah. a lot of times with barbecue, you have to leave it alone in a lot of ways. You know, don't look at it. Don't touch it. Don't do a lot of things. But you have to be present with it. Like, you know, you can't you know, some people can walk away, but I choose not to walk away. You know, I want to be there because, you know, a log burns down a certain way. And all of a sudden that can change the way your fire being, you know, you know, combustion. Or, you know, a couple of logs fall down a certain way and your air flows off. So it's like, I don't, you know, I prefer not to walk away and I, and I want to just be there with it. And I think, and also, that's also why for a lot of reasons, you know, like I, I don't know if I'll ever make a transition to a bigger scale because, you know, I enjoy being able to trim a couple of racks of, of, of ribs and being able to just be a little bit more, you know, precise with things and just kind of like taking each cut, even, even today. You know, I still consider myself to be a beginner at best. So, you know, I had a pack of ribs I bought from the store the other day. I noticed that the it was sealed tight, but it wasn't sealed correctly. So I was like, okay, I got to do something with this ribs right away. I can't stick it in the freezer. I can't stick it in the fridge for too long. So, you know, like I said, you know, I'm not at home right now. You know, I have a couple of smokers at the house, but, at, you know, at my family's house, there's a little... I don't even know how long it is. Maybe like, like uh, maybe two feet long. It's not. It's a small little grill. There's no firebox. So I've had to be really creative about like, okay, I know the mechanics of how to cook. I just have to figure out how to cook on this cooker. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to figure out how to create hot zones. I have to know, and it's got like a small stack on. It's not even a stack. I mean, it's it's smaller than the width of your arm. Um, but it's like, okay, how do I get the cleanest fire? 
without making too hot of a temp. And then even right now, so I got that rack of ribs and I said, okay, like I can't put this whole rack of ribs, even the way I trim it down from spare ribs, I can't even, I'm not doing a St. Louis cut, but even the way I trim it down, I can't put it on there. So I was like, okay, like maybe I'll, I'll slice them individually and I'll grill them. Maybe I'll just slice them into sections. I could roll them. There you go. See, I hadn't even thought about that. And, but that, I got that from just from having this conversation with you. You know, that's something I haven't tried before. Um, yeah. I've seen it done, but I could do that. But what I ended up doing is I sliced off a few sections and then it's so adorable. I found, I, I ended up cutting it in half and trimming it. And I had like this tiny little rack of ribs. I'll just send you a picture of it. I'll probably post it in my stories tonight, but it's like this little bit. It looks like a full rack of spare ribs, but it's like one third. The size. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, you know what, actually, you know what? It's like, Hey, I can totally go into this cook and be like, Oh, you know, shit, it's not going to look the way I want it to. Or if I had it on my offset smoker at home, it would come out pretty. But instead of actually, I'm saying like, Hey, I'm actually going to approach this with curiosity and say like, I wonder what comes out of this, you know, you know, and those are just my goals for this cook. You know, because I think you're right, except people get so caught up sometimes and it's supposed to look a certain way or it's supposed to do. And there's, trust me, there are some things that I don't want to be creative about my barbecue. I like, you know, I like salt and pepper briskets. I like certain things. But also, you know, I think the barbecue can allow you to express yourself in different ways and say, okay, I'm just going to have fun with it. And at the end of the day, it's about just, am I enjoying the meal? And of course, like I said before, it's like, you know, I'm cooking for other people. So it's like, if they're enjoying it, then that's gonna that's gonna mean more to me than if it's like picturesque or something like that yeah dude i mean it it's just insane how like sometimes people get caught up in making sure it looks the right way but like the taste sometimes isn't there uh, <laughs> but oh, yeah. well, you can do you can do so many cool things like i know that i did like i said i did um like rolling ribs, you can mm-hmm. roll them, and I I did that once. I've did, I've done it a couple times, but the first time I did it, uh, we were at one of my buddy's houses, and we were cooking mm-hmm. them on a kettle. Yeah, and I, I mean we needed. Oh, y'all like we, y'all like skewered them too, right? Like you had to put yeah, sticks yeah. in. I think I saw. Yeah, I think yeah, I remember we, that picture. We skewered yeah. them and rolled them, and yeah. um, he's like, "Is this gonna work?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I'm gonna fucking try it though. <laughs> how, did, how did that i can't remember the end product how did that i it mean came, obviously that, out, that has to came out perfectly fine okay yeah here um, i am here, i'm gonna sound like a hypocrite but here i am asking like what was the color like on them like was there what did that how did that like how does was it rolled like, tightly no so i didn't roll it super tightly and that's why i used the skewers okay yeah, so yeah. that it would give me a little bit more like they'd give me some oxygen in between it right right so then i would get mm-hmm. good color throughout the whole bone Okay. You know, not the whole nice. but the whole 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 rack, and uh, it worked really well. Um, they were nice. te- they came out tender. They came out nice. Um, obviously, we did wrap, um, and we didn't we didn't leave them rolled up when we wrapped, but we did end up wrapping, mm. and it worked out really really well. On the on the kettle, yeah. I guess for some people out there who who cook on a kettle a lot, like when you wrapped them, were you like rotating which one was closer to the fire? Because, you know, there's only so yeah. much room between. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Cause you have to be careful. Yeah. Cause like, you know, yeah. of course the one closer to the fire, that's going to cook. It's so I, cook I was even, faster, even right now yeah. when you were talking, I was like, man, did he, did he stack them? <laughs> I was like, what would that do? Like, you know, yeah. just being like, Oh, what would that do? Is that worked be interesting, out? Cause then I mean, you'd get, you'd get flow, right. You'd get, you'd get, um, dripping. So yeah. And you would, would, you would also get the contact heat. So that middle yeah. one, would be just sandwiched between that and i do that sometimes too. i did that the other day like i was cooking some chicken legs and so i wrapped up some tortillas on that little bitty pit and foil and i just put them on top of the chicken legs for a little bit just to get some of that you know convection heat from them um but no and i, I was laughing too because i said i just asked you like hey how'd that look even though we were talking about it doesn't matter what it looks like <laughs> that's always me though i'm always trying to understand you know i think that's yeah, what helps no, me great. of course in my that's what helps me in my day job too it's like i'm always I always want to understand a process. So, you know, be careful. If you let me in your pit room or if you let me on your, in your restaurant, I'm going to ask you questions like that. Like, Hey, how do you do this? Or tell me why you did that. Because like I said before, I'm, I'm really oriented to the process. I just want to understand those things. And, and if you get a real that's where I get guy, shit, he'll sit there and talk with you for hours. Oh man. That's, and, and that's why some of those spots are the, are, are the best. You know, you go down to snows in Lexington and you know, yeah. you can talk to Miss Tootsie and she'll tell you about different things. Of course, she's got it. So second nature that, you know, um, 
they'll just tell you that they're going by the feel of their hand, how hot things are. They're not, you know, worrying too much about thermometers and things like that. So, you know, uh, I don't you know. I don't worry too much about thermometers anymore either. Now mm-hmm. that I cook so much, dude, you yeah, just start cool, to feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, like, no, absolutely. People are like, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get the, we get the question like, well, yes. Do I still put a thermometer into a, a piece of, you know, a pork shoulder to see mm-hmm. what temperature it's at? Yes. Yeah. And no, like, obviously it's reading immediately, but yeah. I'm, I'm putting it in and I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? I'm feeling the give that I have that like yeah, how that one probe goes in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's then, just one variable to consider. Yeah, exactly. But it's more mm-hmm. it's more that probe. How does it feel? How does it feel going in? Um, mm-hmm. same thing on my briskets, you know. I don't have a direct temperature. I'm not like, okay, they all come out at two oh five, then they're all coming off. Yep. Absolutely. They, you just don't know. Yeah, and, and that's and, I, and to me, that's um, that's something that I really appreciate and that I, I really strive for. And I also know, like, I've had, uh, like, my brother just bought a kettle. Uh, some other friends of mine have been investing it. And it's, I'm sure I'm frustrating as hell because they keep asking me, like, what time, one temp. But I'm just like, nope. Ah. <laughs> Look, I'm just like, it's ready when it's ready. Um, hot, but not too hot. <laughs> you know, it- things like that that, of course have come through experience a little bit but you know it's a very like difficult before, like, question to answer right it is it is and again too and not everyone comes from the same starting point with that because like i said before like you know i you know when i got into this new season of barbecuing for me yeah i looked up youtube i looked up you know i was watching what they were doing on tv and i did the same things you know i wanted to have the technology that was out there i wanted to you know, because you have the idea that, hey, if I do those things, I can replicate what they're doing. But again, like I said before, like, you know, when I was over, like the first time I went to Snow's several years back, same thing. I went up to ask, you know, Carrie, the owner, I said, you know, what kind of temps are you cooking at? And he just kind of looked at me and put his hand out, you know, like in terms of like, you know, hey, he's showing me like I just feel for it. And I'm like, man, that's what my grandpa used to do. That's what my dad used to do. And so even now. You know, we got this little steel pit outside, and so I don't have a thermometer. Obviously, I'm checking for internal temp to make sure it's food safe, but, like, I just go and touch the pit in certain areas because I'm just trying to make a mental note of how hot something is and mm-hmm. how the product comes out. Yeah. And that's just that, – that, again, that's just not something that you can substitute experience for. You know, you, you just can't – I mean, like, you can't substitute experience without, you know, to get that. Yeah, no, you know, you you have to feel it. You have to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what um I think that's what a lot of people don't they don't want to put the time in. Yeah, I mean, to me maybe that's not where they find the meaning. You know, for some people, I I'll laugh, you know, cuz like, you know, I don't have kids or anything like that, but so one day I was at a party talking to a guy about how to do brisket, and he looked at me too and he was like, "You don't have any kids, do you?" I was like, I was like, no. And he was like, yeah. He's like, I don't know if I can watch a brisket for 12 hours. And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can't. But I was like, well, yeah, but I think people you know. forget that. Like if you're doing this at home and you're doing one brisket, even if you're watching it, like you don't have to like sit there and stare at it. You mm-hmm. can, you can do shit. And then yeah. every, you know, hour you come and check on it every, you know. Yeah. You know, there's no cook is at least for me, you know, no cook is ever the same, but there are ways that you can prepare it. Like, you know, by having your wood pre-cut or having, you know, uniform size, like there are things that you can make consistent to a degree, you know, no, no brisket cooked the same way, no ribs cooked the same way, but you can do what you can to control as much other variables as, as you want to. In fact, actually, that's something that I'm trying to practice right now is like the last brisket I did, I didn't even look at it for the first three or four hours. And that was very different for me, you know, oh, so you and normally and, don't know. I throw yeah, them and, on and they're, that? they're, I said, I normally don't, I throw them on those doors, get closed. I mean, we're mm-hmm. going to, we'll go for four hours before we we're even checking to see where we're at. Um, yeah. usually if, if we're going, if we're cooking commercially, um, after about four and a half hours, we're wrapping them completely. And then they're yeah. going back in the smoker. Um, and, and I'm not saying that I can't get a brisket done without wrapping it. It, it that's not it. Um, my, my 
reason for wrapping is I want to hold as much moisture inside that brisket as possible. And I also yep. want to speed up the cook process by just a little bit so that my time is, you know, it, it's valuable a little bit more. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so, there's a lot of benefits to, you know, the wrap because, you know, even after it's wrapped, it can help you in terms of, uh, pulling something back a little bit if it's a little overdone like it can yeah. crap you know so that moisture in there so it's like that but you know sometimes you know there's some people in certain restaurants they'll pour stuff over the wrap even as the briskets are resting and in the warmer box and so that's yep. just a way of, of diffusing more flavors and actually adding more moisture like they'll put butter or beef towel or things like that you know it's just that's what happens um but no there, there was something that we were going to say some, a, a minute ago uh, but no yeah you're right like i said there's just um i think also too you know going back to it for some people who aren't cooking so much all the time and, or, and also of course, like even we're talking about now, like, you know, beef prices going up. If you're going to cook a brisket, you're people are going to try their hardest not to mess it up. So, you know, you might find people who are maybe not used to checking it as much. They might be keeping a closer eye on things because they're like, Hey, we're not doing brisket for a while. I'm going to make sure this one's coming along. And that of course is what, you know, anytime someone's starting out, like that's probably where you see a little bit of their anxiety and a little bit of their, just, you know, lack of experience coming through it. And that's okay. You know, I think that's a good learning curve we all go through. Yeah. I mean, I always say, I mean, um, go beat up a couple of pork shoulders for a while. Absolutely. Um, because yeah. that's one of the things that like, you can beat pork shoulders for, you know, ever in a sense. And, and they still come out decent. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, if you, if you'll learn, you'll learn, you'll learn the, the process. And that's so important mm -hmm. is learning that process before you move on to something else. And I think sometimes people grab, um, they're like, I want to do brisket. I want to do brisket. I want to do brisket. And I think it's really funny when they're like, oh, my first brisket, I, I fucking nailed it a spot on. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. You yeah. wanted it to well, be. You you put so much time and effort into it. You wanted yeah. it to be perfect. Yeah, the confirmation bias. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, and again, and it probably did. You know, it probably did taste good to them, and that's great. Because hey, if you're the one who paid for it, you're the one who put your time into it. I, you know, hey, I, who am I to say you shouldn't enjoy it? But you're right. You know, if you would go back and say, hey, would you exchange your 100 brisket for your first one? Most people are probably not going to say, Oh no, I wish I could get back to that first brisket, you know, yeah. especially if they've been putting in the time and the effort, like, you know, it can, to be honest, like, yeah, this is, again, this is of course, like even the disparity, it's like, I've been cooking, you know, what I would consider seriously for me over the last couple of years. Like what I mean is that more days than not, you know, I'm, I'm firing up the grill or the smoker, but even today I've only done like four or five briskets. You know, I don't have, I don't, it, because it, you know, it's just, you it's know, a lot it's of not meat. something, it's a lot of meat and it's a price point and also like, you know, different things going on. I haven't had the time, not necessarily that it's always needed, but the time that I wanted to devote to it. Yeah. But I, I would say even, yeah, between, even between that small sample, there is a huge difference between, you know, the first brisket I did and the fourth brisket I did. But in those years, you know, I've had the, I've had not only the experience of cooking, but of course, picking the brains of some really talented folks and some people that have shared their experiences with me, and that's that's really been evident. I think. I think that's a big uh, that's a big part of it. Um, you you did so much research, and you've you've talked to so many people. You you get a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. and that's still part of my process. You know, even if I've done something before, if I haven't done it in a while, one of the first things I'll do is message people on Instagram or yeah. text people that I know and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And it's not so much that I'm trying to replicate what they're doing, but I'm just trying to create a game plan in a sense. And I still, to this day, I'll go to YouTube and I'll watch, you know, tons of videos just to, I see mean, the, even if you try to replicate it, even if oh, you're yeah. trying to replicate it, it's going to be different. It always will. Yeah. yeah. No one cooks the same. Give you, you know, that's yeah. why I'm, I'll, dude, I'll, I fucking tell people exactly how I cook. Here you go. This is how it mm -hmm. does, you know, this is how we do it, blah, 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 blah. And I've had people that are like, dude, I tried cooking your way and I, I destroyed my meat. And it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah. it, it just, I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not to mention, like, shit, like, you may have a different cooker than me. 
Mm-hmm. Your cooker may oh, not yeah. like to go hot and fast. Your cooker may not like to do some stuff that that my cooker is okay with. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, and yeah, and and again, and that's and there's just gonna always be variables. Like you know, um, the other day someone was messaging me they were doing a brisket, and it only had been on. They were cooking it on a Weber Smoky Mountain, and it only had been on for a couple of hours, but the internal temp had skyrocketed. And I remember I kept trying to understand it. And I even had to tell them, like, I, I've never heard of that. Like, I was like, I could totally understand if, like, you know, after four hours even, or after, but after two hours, I was like, man, I was like, and, and by the time they sent me a picture, I was like, oh, your flat is really small. That's why, it, you know, it wasn't proportionate to this. So then it made okay. sense. But without seeing a picture of it, I was like, man, I was like, I, I'm, I'm just trying to rack my brain of, like, how this happens. And I, but, but to prove your point, I was just like, you know, hey, like, that's just kind of the way it is. It's like. You know, I don't understand it, but that I, I'm, I, I believe you. <laughs> like, I believe that that is happening over there for you because yeah. it's just the way that it is. And, um, and like, you know, and of course, in, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in, what wood you're using, you know, how cold is it outside? I mean, you're up there in Chicago, so you have a lot more experience with cold weather cooking than I do. Oh, yeah, here. absolutely. So, so, you know, when we're trading stories or, you know, if, if we're ever comparing notes, it's just it's just like anything else. It's just going to be a different variable that you have to consider. But you know that's also ideally that's part of the fun too. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, that that's the most fun. I love being able to uh, do a cook that's that I've you know cooked somewhere where I've never cooked before. Um, mm-hmm. It just it, it's fun. Um, I'm not always I'm not always super stoked about having to cook on a cooker I've never cooked on before and then being yes. judged in my food. But I'm okay yeah. with it. You know what I mean? At, at the end yeah. of the day, I will – I'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean absolutely. Trust me. I, I like being creative and I like taking risks, but I also want to put out a good product. So, yeah. you know, I remember, you know, even recently someone was like, hey, why don't you come over and like cook some fish? And I was like, well, I really haven't done that fish before and I don't know how I would do it and what kind of cook – and I was like, all right, there's too many variables already. It's like I'd rather just show up and have a good time. Yeah, I'd still like, do it. But it well, and of course, but like with, but yeah, that's what happened. It's like I showed up, and as soon as I got there, I was like, "How can I help out? Let me help out. Let me do something." And and, and again, too, when you get out of your head, you just kind of practice and be it. And that's, I think, that's what it's ultimately about. And the, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. Keep going. But, and, and I think no, that's good. And that's you know, I'm, I'm grateful for those moments because they happen, uh, they happen on a lot, and I'm and I'm grateful for that. You know, just to have those times where it's like, hey, at the end of the day you know, my goal is always about connection. You know, when I'm, when I'm cooking, even if it's by myself for myself, you know, it's about connecting to a culture or if I'm out with some people or at an event, it's about just connecting to the collective and saying like, okay, like we're doing this together. We're having a good time. And, you know, Hey, at the end of the day, you know, forget about taking pictures sometimes or, you know, Hey, you don't have to, you know, do an Instagram story for everything, but you know, just be present in the moment. I was going to say, um, the other day I was actually over at one of my neighbor's houses, um, and we were grilling and I think this was one of the first parties I actually stepped like, usually like whenever the grill comes out, they're like, Oh, here, you know, like they just kind of like pass you stuff and they're like, here. And you're like, no, (laughs) that was, uh, I remember, um, Tony Tone on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you know, I've known Tony for a couple of years. You know, we've you know known each other on Instagram. And uh, we were at a, a barbecue party this summer, and he said the exact same thing. He's like, man, this is the first barbecue play- party I've ever shown to where someone didn't hand me the tongs and say, get to work. He's like, man, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I was like, man, just enjoy it, man. Eat. Yeah, no, no, no. I, you know, I was like, I'm like, did I just really get like a, I'm like, am I getting a pass? Am I out? Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude, this is great. Yep. Like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, 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 yeah, and, that, and that's when I know that it's, it's special to me. Because, like, even sometimes when I say, hey, I kind of want to break, I'll end up finding my way in there somehow. Just like, hey, how, how can I do this? Or how, how can I help out with that? Or like, hey, let me do this. Instead. I mean, dude, it was the first one that I've ever done. <laughs> Usually I end up cooking everything. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it, and again, too, it depends. Like, you know, if I'm there and there are people trying to learn, I I I would get more satisfaction out of them learning to do it than me doing it for them. Oh, absolutely. So it's like, hey, like, well, I'll send here and I'll give you some suggestions. I'll give you points, but like, you got to get the feel for it. You got to, 
Kind yeah, of normally I don't, get, I, don't get, I don't get that luxury. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I assume that's a testament to your cooking, though. I mean, it's, it's like, you do this for a living. Here you go. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. So yeah, you must really love to do this. You must, you must never want to break from this. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, here you go. Like, we invited you to a party and here. It's like, yeah. okay, fantastic. Man, dude, I yeah. want to say thank you for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us and chatting barbecue. Dude, yeah, my uh, pleasure. It, we had a great time. We'll have to have you back again maybe before two years go by. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy how, how fast time flies it really is. Man, yeah, man. Uh, so what I like to do is I like to end the podcast in a little bit different of a way. Um, if you can do me a favor, here, here's my mm-hmm. question. If you could mm-hmm. go back to the beginning of your barbecue journey and give yourself three tips to help shorten your learning curve, what would those mm-hmm. three tips be? Ooh, okay. Well, let's see here. I'm going to start back to when I started barbecuing a couple of years ago and put on Instagram. I won't go all the way back to childhood. Um, the three tips that I would uh, share would be don't put too much sugar in your rubs because you'll end up with black everything. Um, I think I'd have to go back to one of my first cooks and say, hey, that white smoke coming out is not good smoke. So don't keep adding fire chips to what you're doing. Um, and I would say, let's see if I could say one more thing to myself back then. I, w- I would say, hey, you know, just remember to keep being creative. You know, it's great to have goals for a cook. It's great to say, okay, I want to try to get in the ballpark of what I'm seeing on YouTube or on Instagram. But also, like, make it your own, you know. Uh, don't be afraid to add an extra ingredient. Don't be afraid to cut something a little bit differently because, you know, that's how you're going to learn. So I think those are the three that I would say off the top of my head. Those are fantastic, dude. And once again, can you tell everyone where they can follow your barbecue journey on the Internet? Absolutely. So Instagram, primarily cold hearted barbecue. Um, you can always hit me up on there, DM, comment. You know, I, I really try to get to everybody and, and try to, you know, learn a little bit about the person messaging me too. Uh, I do have a blog that'll be coming up a little bit more. I launched it last year, kind of let it slide. Um, mostly because I was going to a lot of events. Obviously that's kind of a different reality right now, but I'm hoping to be able to, you know, just like we're doing right now, have a little bit more of an extended way of sharing some of my thoughts about things and connecting with people. So, um, Instagram, you can check out my blog there too. Hit me up. Man, dude, that's fantastic, dude. Thank Once again, thank you so much, buddy, for coming on the show and hanging out with us. We had a blast. My pleasure, man. Anytime.